0: Hello and welcome to the Complete Health Podcast, the podcast that brings you a complete view of healthcare, exercises, medicine, and much more.
1: We're your hosts, Helen O'Leary and Rhys Noble, both physiotherapists at Complete Physio and Pilates in London.
0: This is episode fourteen, the second part of our three-part chat with psychotherapist Donovan Pyle. Another episode bursting with information for therapists and patients alike, where Donovan talks to us about when people's injuries become their identity. Setting boundaries in therapy and strategies for stress relief during rehab when exercise isn't an option.
1: This is a direct flow-on from episode 13 with Don Irvin. So if you haven't already, please do go back and take a look and a listen at the episode as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't deal with that. Yeah. yeah. In the UK. Okay. So
1: So at what point would you so at what point would you would you like to almost get someone. So we've seen these people in clinic, we've asked mm-hmm. these questions, we kind of go, okay, well there's something going on that we know there's something going on, but now it's outside of our scope and we don't know what, to, what do. to do next. We know that this is going to affect the recovery from the injury, we know that this is going to happen, but we then don't know where to take it. But at what point would you want to see those people? Do we keep going? Do we just try and get them to open up? Or would you want to see somebody I something? I, I think it's
2: the people that aren't getting better. Uh, I know Chris has worked with an athlete I used to work with. Uh, we spoke about this individual, same frustration as both sides. In that this just person either wasn't getting better, mm. uh, maybe didn't want to get better, but also probably didn't want to didn't want to move out of this athletics world because was was scared of the outside world. So at some stage, what do you say? Look, you're not doing the homework. You're not getting better physically. Mm. Uh, you need. To, make a bigger change in you need to let you need to move on from this from this thing. Um in relation when you I think if you if you if, if he's sell it but if you tie it into a recovery, maybe this might be useful as part of your recovery. Mm. Uh, maybe there's something we might be missing from a physical perspective. Uh and I would say probably length length of recovery. I mean I've been working with one guy recently who had a hip injury, hip surgery first 2016 recent hip surgery again 19 uh, just not getting not getting better basically he was just doing too much mm-hmm. and he wasn't telling his doctor how much he was doing yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah was going to was going to the physio two or three times a week so doing his physio but then was doing you know pool session and pool session and pool session and he didn't have anyone to say him, look you're doing too much <laughs> yeah. you're not giving your body time time to recover so I think people aren't getting better, mm-hmm. or, or we don't we, we don't see the recovery that we would almost expect to see after a period of time. So that's a really good indication. And it's probably going to be what more the people I don't know if you'd say more the impatient people or more the I don't want to get better. It's mm-hmm. so, often it's almost I guess the, the more impatient people would probably engage with something like this, whereas the I don't want to get better people are going to uh, well I'm a bit unsure about just because they're probably ambivalent and maybe. To go back to work, right? <laughs> Potentially, they yeah, yeah, so those people 100%. you do really want to refer on because they're going to disengage in treatment, they'll turn up the one, they don't really want to get better. You'd have a bit more better outcomes with, with the motivated people who you can actually get to slow down a bit, let's look at your uh, rest and recovery as opposed to.
1: And what about those patients that they are their injury, they are their back pain, yeah, they yeah, yeah, are yeah. their tight hip flexors, so they are great. their, you know, this is, like they come in and, and that is them and everything goes back to that one mm-hmm. thing. And they, you know, you'll be doing something with them, but then they stop and they talk about this thing again. What about those? So that's a question. Well, I would, I would,
2: put, I would put those in the, well, what are you avoiding in your life? Category. Right. So you are focusing on this injury. This has been your, uh, this is your identity. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but basically, what are you avoiding in your life emotionally? Because you are so focused on this, and you would, and you would see it often with people. You see similar type traits with people who have obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, where they get stuck in this constant checking. Mm. How? Uh, uh, so is this cup is this cup straight? Is this country? But they're here having a conversation, but they're focused on the And I see with the ACD patients will in they'll, they'll put the paper, move it to the side there, and I'm not saying you haven't heard, heard a word I said right, because you're too busy <laughs> well, you're <not> <laughs> yeah. that. And then what you probably see with a similar type of these patients is this constant checking. Right? So I'm focusing on my knee. Mm-hmm. I'm so focused on my knee, all my identity is tied up into this. But I'm not dealing with all this other stuff in my life. Yeah. I'm unhappy at home, yeah. job is shit, finance, whatever it is they're avoiding, because then this becomes the focus. And I can't do anything in my life because, yeah. because of this. It's and this never gets better, and probably will never get better, because if this gets better, then they got to deal yeah. with the other, <laughs> other stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with this stuff. But then what you'll we'll see is, so in the clinical sense, that then people will be, this, it'll be like an OCD constantly checking. So they're, so they're not dealing with their emotions. They're dealing with how, how this is. This is a practical thing, it's like an emotional mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But then they'll constantly check, oh, how's my knee? How's my knee? Yeah. How's my knee feeling? How's my knee feeling? Oh, I felt something. Yeah. Ooh, walking down the street. Well, they're not actually aware of what's actually. Mm-hmm. They might have a meeting with to in an hour or something. Like that, right? <laughs> That's, <laughs> like, That's a hip hop. Exactly. Yeah. But they can't really <laughs> recognize or acknowledge what's going on outside of this. The reality you see people want to come and be taken care of. Yes. As well. Right? You get those people who You need to fix me. You need to fix me, right? Yeah. I can't do anything. You're the fourth, you're the fourth person I've seen. I've seen, I've seen everyone, nothing's getting better. Yeah. And I'll see those people in therapy. Uh you're the fifth therapist I've seen in the last two years. And what I usually do at the end of the session with those is not book a follow-up session. So look you go interview two or you're the therapists that you're going to go interview. Uh because they're probably not gonna engage. They're gonna see me for two or three sessions. It's not gonna work out right like everyone else. Yeah. And I can save both of our times and money by and just let go. Call me call me in two weeks when you're ready and you want to engage, but I'm not gonna to... Get caught up in your. You want me to please you, and me to make you better. Yeah, that's not how it's I
0: think by nature, we're probably a bit like that. Aren't we, as that's physios, it. like we got into this profession because we be want, be want to help. You want to help people. Yeah. Well, you do. Yeah. That's the. If you yeah. don't want to help people, you shouldn't be a physio. No. No. So I guess it's surfing that line a little bit between obviously caring and yeah. helping people, but then also pumping people up enough oh, or supporting them so they can help themselves exactly the and i think
2: sometimes if you just name it and say look obviously you've seen five therapists before this isn't working out for you i don't know these other therapists but i'm not going to be here just to please you and say what you want to hear and whatever else so i want to go away and think about it Because. They'll often come and they'll be interviewing me and two or three other therapists at the same time. I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not a seal, I'm not going to perform, <laughs> I'm not going to perform for you, so. Yeah, it's like a bad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 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 but, and you know those, and then there's the others, probably needy patients, who have maybe childhood issues, who just want somewhere to come and talk. Those are a little bit different than the ones who don't want to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I guess it's just about what happens. It's a bit harder mm-hmm. in Zoom obviously during Corona yeah. time to see to see people's body language and see what they're like, mm-hmm. face-to-face it was a little bit easier just to send people's body language and whether they want to be there a little bit, you know, whether they're on time, things like that, whether they constantly
0: cancel appointments and things like mm-hmm. that, so yeah. we've all, yeah. all had people exactly. uh, that have done exactly. so that. Say they want to get better in reality realities. So yeah, they don't. and it, it's sometimes it, it's hard, isn't it, because you do, like, you want to be, hard enough with people that you know, like, you, you don't want to pander to them, mm-hmm. but at the same time you don't want to be
1: so harsh that it's going to yeah. scare people off. So it, it's, or it's, it's, it's going, going to trigger something that you don't have the skill to then kind of deal with and, and you kind of can't come back from that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I was going to ask you guys that I thought about mm-hmm. in relation to how would you treat the patients who have had the sort of the, the tear, well, uh, Chris was talking about tendons, right? Yeah. yeah. and the tendons don't actually pop, Achilles don't actually snap that much, right? If they're degenerative, or whatever. Yeah. But how would you treat the patients that have had the ACL that's torn, the Achilles that snaps, the leg that breaks? Yeah. How would you sort of go about psychologically working with, because people will have trauma, right? Associated to, to yeah. a snap, a noise, yeah. a sound, a tear. Uh, how would you
0: go about treating those? that aspect of like an injury different than other than other aspects? Well, I guess it probably depends on what the follow-ups then mean. So if I'm seeing them the day that it snapped, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's different to 12 mm-hmm. weeks later when yeah. they've now had surgery on whatever mm-hmm. it snapped. Um, so it, it, it's contextual. It, like anything, it depends. Mm-hmm. But I think their education is the biggest key, like knowing that, joints click and things crack and that that's a big one like we did that sort of oh oh, my my shoulders start clicking yeah yeah i mean is you know is it painful can you still do everything you need to do Yep. let's not
1: worry about the click too
0: much Mm. and things like that um i think it also depends on the
1: patient like if you've got an athlete or we can worry someone who's used to you know so i was in rugby for a, a, a while and you know they they run into people. There's two types of the players, there's the forwards, you run into people and the backs you run away from them, right, okay and it's like, but they expect to get hurt. they don't, ex- the, the expectation of what they do is it's it's very high impact it's very high level, they're putting their bodies through constant stress every day, they expect some degree of pain and injury, so if you've got one of those guys who, you know their, their boot gets caught in the, in the wet grass and they change and they're like, but it just the studs don't come out, and they, hurt their knee. That's that's kind of one thing. And I found that the athletes that ac- very acute, there was an injury reason for it is so much easier to deal with than that. My Achilles is still bothering me, and there's oh, nothing wrong with it, but it's okay. you know it's still bothering me, and I have to deal with it all the time. And that's the stuff that kind of, that's the stuff that. Got them down more rather yeah, than the it, than the, it, because when it happened they knew it happened they knew right. there was a clear process through to when I get back to play. Okay, so the injury that will Yeah, and and then like recess with kind of that sort of normal population. So that's what I put myself in. Someone who's active and does stuff but doesn't do lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's it's really understanding that you know. Y- your body does get older and from the ages of twenty our spine starts to degenerate and that's really normal and you know mm-hmm. who 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 doesn't wake up and go, oh my knees feel a bit stiff. Mm-hmm. I mean I like, the number of times I say my knees feel a bit stiff. <laughs> or you can I mean you can hear me coming down a corridor now, especially when there's stairs involved. It's not like a good ninja. And, uh, <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> not, not really good at snaking it's up. It's like creep, 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 but you know, getting people to understand that that is is okay. Mm. And quite often if they see it on you or they feel it on you or, or they hear it on you and they're like oh okay but then there is always that sort of slight fear of oh it's a bit slippery out today. I might not go out yeah and then that's when it starts to become a bit of a problem and yeah. so then quite, quite often I'll use um, some of these fear avoidance questionnaires and yep. These, yep, perfect, which perfect. I think are really good and if I'm a bit worried about that after I've seen them for the initial session I'll send them that Get them to fill it in and we'll use that as a bit of an objective marker yeah. as well because sure. then they can this once they've answered the questions they're suddenly like oh and yeah. it just starts to bring up some of those things yeah. which i think can be really quite good and when
2: patients ever report dreams or things like
0: that to do with injuries or
1: i've not really had that kind of, of thing then i have not asked bad. about that
0: mm. no yeah, I <laughs> dreamed. i certainly haven't it's hard enough asking the questions or sounds they would avoid
2: my son broke a pencil and it, sounded, it reminded me of my Achilles snap or something like
0: that Why? or no I don't think I've ever had any, anything like that no me neither no I'd be
1: very
0: good well that I mean that's a, have you how, how do you that, if someone says that to a physical mm-hmm. what's the We're like you don't long. go <laughs> 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 yeah yeah no,
2: <laughs> I, I do some PTSD work post traumatic stress and there's this uh, type of therapy we do called EMDR, eye eye movement desensitization and realization. Mm-hmm. Uh, where basically you do this with people's eyes. So you ask them questions, you take them through a scenario, and this moving your fingers back and forth will help them realize the rational emotional puzzle. Uh, but I've always thought in sports when people are experiencing trauma, whether it's like missing a penalty kick or a bad bike crash or something like that, or others very really traumatic things. That I wonder if people are treating it, As I say we're treating the body like a car, but are they treating the mind and the trauma in relation to something like that But I don't. I've never read any research or anything to of, sort of look at trauma in sports. I Imagine the people you would have were right? and They would have had some pretty but, bad injuries. And but then
1: there's been a lot of, or there's been more research into uh, mental health after sport yeah. rather than yeah mental health during but we had a psych um, a team psych um, I don't really know what went on in those sessions in no, all honesty I mm-hmm. mean I think part of it is because we were so busy and we were so dealing with not getting trashed out too much by the coaches that you sort of don't then Get delve into good. that bit yeah so the, I mean that genuinely might have been and I honestly can sit here and say I wouldn't have had a clue yeah.
2: and something you touched on there about the uh, avoidance questionnaire you mm-hmm. see so many people with they develop little little twitches, right? But when I'm brushing my teeth, one guy used to hold, put his hand on the sink so he didn't put too much load on his the guy with the hip. So brush his teeth like this so then because he finally brushed his teeth, it would aggravate his hip a little bit if it was this movement and people the other athlete I worked with wouldn't walk up the stairs in the underground because of the Achilles injury or I hold my body in a certain way when I'm cooking or I won't cross my legs or things like that that people develop all these weird little avoidance type of behavior. Like con- contextual, doesn't yeah, it? In exactly. That. And before they know it, they're doing four or five different things a day because they don't want to re-injure their knee or they don't want to aggravate it. How hard to get around London on the tube if you know what else is. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Very, <laughs> very difficult. Exactly.
0: So we We've moved into a bit of what we had planned for podcast two here yeah. with, with Donovan, so I'm going to make an executive decision and we're just going to keep going. Oh, we're going to do a long one. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, I'm sure when we produce it, I can split it up a little bit. Um, but, I mean, it's really interesting stuff, but this flows a lot into the, some of the questions we sort of have for you mm-hmm. um, in the next one around, the psychological impact of missing sport or missing mm. activity. And one of the big things for me here is, as I've sort of already said, I will ask sleep, I ask everyone about. Stress levels, I ask everyone about. How stressed do you feel? Work, is work busy? Mm. How's that going? And, do you, and now I tend to ask, are you managing stress? What do you do to manage it? Now, mm. nine times out of 10, the way people manage stress is by exercising. So when exercise gets taken away and they can't go to the gym and smash that bag or run on the treadmill or go on the bike or lift the weights, what should people be doing or what are some things that they can be doing Mm -hmm. to empty that stress bucket? Good
2: question. (laughs) (laughs) Good question. I guess you're talking about people that are generally active. Yep. Talking about people who exercise like four or five times a week. So they probably need to find something to replace that but we know whatever they're replacing with is isn't going to have the same effect okay. so yoga pilates as opposed to running or mm. cycling or what have you i guess it depends on how much time people have people always make time for sports but they don't make time for for other things mm. so we need to say okay well you have an hour a day or an hour and a half a day that you can do, normally spend in the gym what are we going to do in this hour and a half a day that's going to help not relieve stress in the same way, because we cannot replicate that, but to get as close to that as possible. Um, it depends on, I, I would, this is my time of exchange, I would often ask people, well, what did you do when you were a kid? Right? If you were a kid and you did things with Lego, I might get people to play with Lego. If you were a kid and you did some drawing, I might like, oh, fall down draw. Uh in that. I'm talking about men in general because a lot of patients here are males. Uh, quite active but often but often doing things with your hands. It gets you out of here mm-hmm. and doing things with your hands. And, and for me that's that's really important, whether it's planning a plot, planning a pot, whatever it is, chopping vegetables, right? Spend a half an hour every night chopping vegetables. Oh my gosh, that's your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> but um. it's and I think the goal has to be away from recovery, because the problem is that people get too impatient if they're just focusing on the recovery. Yes. yes. Yeah. So let's, let's you know, you do your physio, if you half an hour of exercise, let's do those. But then let's have a completely different goal that, is, that takes your head away from your body and away from your injuries. It fits into what we were talking about just yeah. before, doesn't it? You yeah. said you wanted to learn Japanese. Let's get you to learn Japanese for the next mm. two months. Or let's get you to do a cooking course for the last two months. Or let's get you to do an online. These are quite active people, right? They've got all this pent-up energy. But get. I think the more they focus on the injury, the more frustrated they're going to get, the more annoyed, the more impatient they're going to get, right? They're going to be clock-watching, but we need to to get the focus completely away from that. Uh, for a period of time this isn't gonna be forever but this might be for three months or six months or what have you but you know and it would be probably not even reading you know you don't need to read about your injuries people know about by the time they come and see you they know about their injury right they know what's happened they've at everything yeah. so it's just completely get the focus away from that okay. doing something physical yes Um, so we'll sort of figure out what they want to do physical but we also have to realize you're not, you know, you don't weigh yourself for the next three months because you're probably going to on a little bit of weight, Uh, you don't sign up for any races, you know, a month after you have recovered, you don't do any of that any of that sort of stuff. Um, You sort of focus on a bit of acceptance in that, right, you have to accept that you are injured, Mm -hmm. right, so I might do, might get them to write a letter to themselves interesting about acceptance accepting my injury they might not like it but if I accept this thing and once people get to that place of acceptance that it just allows them to just decompress and breathe you know what I'm injured I'm not gonna be able to do this for three months I can just accept it for this period of time and then I can draw my attention my focus somewhere else what are some things you feel that you might see within people or things that people might say to indicate that they're not accepting that they're injured
0: It's, they're, they're not getting better yeah okay. first of all uh you can
2: generally see people now nah, i don't think that's going to work so they're quite dismissive of it yeah as well uh what else would people <laughs> that don't come back <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <whole shit>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else uh yeah you, know, you just get a sense you get a sense of people who are sort of you know i guess you say look i've been doing this for a while you do it your way you do it my way you, you keep getting injured so obviously your way is not working so let's try something else mm. I think just sometimes the same being upfront and honest with people if you're, what you're doing isn't working so let's try a different approach I'm not saying it is going to work but let's try and see what happens let's see, let's see what happens with some of the work with athletes I've done I've gotten to write letters to their bodies before <laughs> write a letter to your body because you and your body are in sync so something's going on here, so let's get you in touch
0: with your body a little bit. Yeah. I don't think that worked. <laughs> Definitely didn't work.
2: <laughs> but I think it's just trying different things. So if people trust you, then they'll try different things. If you are a little bit unsure of what you're saying, then they won't trust is probably a big a big part of it as well. I think they trust you, they'll they'll try some different things. Yeah. And I think just thinking out of the box is well, a little bit sort of and getting people to do and then they're and then they feel like they're actually doing something as long as people feel like they're doing something uh psychologically then i think okay even though my body may not be recovering at least Mm -hmm. my mind is um, my mind is recovering a little bit
1: i think that's interesting as well when you said um it's not about finding something that gives you the same stress relief Mm -hmm. but something that can kind of start to help you because you know i think quite often you hear and you see and i know i've done it where it's like well you you De-stress by going for this So how can I take the same amount and put it
2: somewhere else, but it's not yeah. about that That Yeah, that's really quite interesting yeah, I think let's just be realistic. You're not going to feel the same after doing a 45 minute YouTube Pilates videos you will going for a 10k run, mm. but Something's better than nothing. Yeah, right? at least your body's mo- moving. Mm. At least you're doing something that might help your recovery but you're not going to be able to have this, not going to have the same
0: adrenal rush, internal rush as you would if you do, do your sport. Um, it's um, quite interesting, I really like what you said there about finding something away from the injury, like learning a new skill or, you know, going and playing with Lego or something along those lines because Again, that feeds back into what you were saying before about how easy it is to get transfixed on the injury and it mm-hmm. defines you and becomes mm-hmm. your personality. I mean, I'm sure you've had it a thousand times where some, you used to come out to get someone from the waiting room and say, oh, how have you been? Thinking, how's your day been? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, it's really been just here. <laughs> um, and it's like... Always. I'm like,
1: how not even have in the
0: room? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, like, how was your weekend? What did you get up to? Oh, I couldn't do anything because of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... Nah, gonna be yeah yeah work. yeah it's not what i'm at so i think that mm. there's something really in that mm. like, I mean, I'll giving them something more than just their knee injury or their yeah. shoulder yeah.
2: injury or i'll tell patients worrying about your injury isn't going to help your injury recover worry is just worry right mm. worry is hot air we can't grab worry or we can't touch it it's just worry I and mean, worry isn't going to speed things up mm. worry is just going you know, to Stress your body out even more Means you're not going to sleep Means you're going to isolate yourself more Means you're going to Waste endless hours researching about this thing, right? Trust your physio, what they say, trust your doctor. This is how long it's going
0: to take. So, go not know Japanese. Well, well, yeah. I have mean, a lot of cross stitching Christmas cards to do. So, if anyone's listening to this
1: and
0: needs a skill, then please just let me know. My email address will be at the end and send me some cross stitching yeah. Christmas but cards I, to I, do. Have a, a, a production a, a factory of cross stitches. Yeah, so therapy process <laughs> <laughs> is coming up
1: yeah
2: when i work with some of the elite athletes and we talk about it's the same process of getting people out of their head uh i always think an important time for an athlete is is in their hotel room. what does someone do you know i'm competing at eight o'clock tonight i've arrived the night before i'm going to be in my hotel room from nine o'clock after doing a little warm-up until Mm -hmm. we leave for the game at six Mm o'clock what do i do from nine o'clock till six o'clock I'll encourage a lot of the af- athletes, especially one of the female ones, but, uh, not stereotyping, to take magazines and make a collage. Oh. Spend two or three hours sitting in your hotel with your hands, yeah. cutting some magazines up, get some paper, bring some glue, scissors if you can get them on the plane, <laughs> uh, and make a collage or something like that. Spend an hour or two. Do not just sit on your laptop from yeah. nine o'clock in the morning till six at night. Yeah. You obviously can't walk around and go shopping because you need to rest your legs but you need to not be stuck in your head. Sitting in your t- hotel, watching movies or watching TVs, you're more likely to Yeah. You're okay. more likely to fix it on the race that at 10 in the morning you can't do anything. People say, oh, well, I need to prepare. It's like, well, How much? Yeah, it's 10 a.m. You're not racing until, hey, what, yeah. do, what are you going to do? What, worry about this thing for the 10 hours or something? Yeah. So getting people to physically do something in a structured way, so this will be from read to five is collage time or tether time or whatever else, but but have a structure, and the same thing with other with other
0: people is that you have a structured approach to it as well. So, so like, like, don't forget your trainers, your socks, your jersey, your scissors, your magazines, <laughs> and your clothes. Lots of <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I like that. Yeah. I it, mean, seems it seems to work. They seem to sort of
2: because even it, reading, people can't concentrate and read. I find with a lot of people sometimes, I don't know if you find this injured people, they find it hard to concentrate sometimes because there's.
0: I find
1: that if I've got a lot going on at work and I, I'm, I've been doing a lot, and at the moment I'm doing a, a training course which I'm, I'm loving, it's a, an oncology thing but now I've suddenly got to find another five hours out of my week which mm-hmm. I don't have and so then I start to get to do something and I find that my attention goes off into oh yeah I've got to do that thing and uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it just self-perpetuates and then everything takes longer and I don't do any of it my life <laughs> you doing something on my whole life <laughs> <laughs> i
0: <Like, laughs> doing a podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah just when I tell my girlfriend I was doing this she's like
1: something else <laughs> like, yes babe I think when
0: Stuff, really? yeah I'll right. definitely <laughs> yeah. do it yeah no uh, shout out to Rachel by the
1: way Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. um S- 13 episodes yes, 14 exactly
0: episodes yeah, she hasn't thrown it in the yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I guess it sounds like you lots of the things you suggested are just practical mm-hmm. that use your head and use your hands at the same time quite but,
1: creative
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yep. yeah uh, I think
2: uh are more creative it depends on the patient as well some patients you know aren't going to do anything creative at all mm-hmm. um, and it might just be okay, have a structured time where you watch a movie every day, Right. so something as basic as that, yeah. uh, obviously avoiding substances, <laughs> avoiding alcohol, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is easier pre-COVID, or the beginning of COVID than it is now, yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of practical, some sort of creative stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And as I said, it depends on the person. as Well, lawyers probably will not go anywhere near this stuff. No glitter. Uh, no glitter. No glitter for city lawyers. On
0: their thousand-pound suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it. then,
2: probably, maybe they'd play the <laughs> drums, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bang some drums or something like. Yeah, that. right.
0: So, so I can say that as being a bit more can it's stressful. Bed. yeah On yeah. yeah. we'll the side of bed, did you know, ever <laughs> we'll we'll everything, drum or world or
1: anything. And what did you do as a kid? You know, the hobbies that
2: people did as kids. They enjoyed it at some stage, which is the reason why they didn't at whatever age, so it's still in you, right? That little kid's still in you that couldn't waste hours playing video
0: games or something like that, but... It's gonna be a lot of forwards I mean, built in a lot of athletes' bedrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Fortnite I
1: used to love making Forts. Yeah. I used to get this. This is really random. I don't know why. I'm gonna share this with you, but took it you how. I used to get like um, my sleeping bag, which was always in the bottom of the airing cupboard, and it was pink with dogs on, just so you know. And I used to sit at the top and says sit in it, and then slide all the way down the stairs for hours, <laughs> for
0: hours. <laughs> So, so next time I come and your place. Oh, you got four steps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: in sleepy mode, yeah.
1: but, I slide yeah. my four steps. <laughs> That concludes episode fourteen of the Complete Health Podcast. Please keep an eye out in the coming weeks for the third part of our chat with Donovan, where we speak about goal setting in therapy, amongst other things. For, for another, another week,
0: stay healthy, healthy and, and goodbye. goodbye.